Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host, Leanne Hunt, and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm, fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hi, and welcome to episode one of the Knitter Square podcast. I've got an exciting lineup for you today, including two interviews from the field, which I think you're going to really enjoy. Um, But before I do that, I'm going to just give people who haven't listened to the pilot episode uh, a recap about what Knitter Square is and um, who I am as well. So Knitter Square is an organization that spans the globe. It was started about 10 years ago by a lady called Rhonda Lowry um, in collaboration with her her niece, Sandy MacDonald. Now, Rhonda lives uh, in Johannesburg, South Africa. And at the time, um, around about uh, 2010, the AIDS epidemic was at a really bad stage. And we had a lot of um, little uh, children out on the streets. And in the winter, it was really, really cold. And Rhonda had had a, a habit of giving out blankets to these children in the winter time just to keep them warm. But of course, Uh, It was expensive for her to fund the blankets and there were always too many children. And she had said to her niece, Sandy, uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could find a way of getting these children more blankets? And together they came up with an idea to um, create a website online and to just ask knitters around the world if they would donate squares that could be sent to South Africa and then knitted into blankets and distributed to some of these children. And now at the time they they expected that they'd probably get squares for 30 blankets back in the post. They totally underestimated the power of the internet and before long they were getting so many squares back um, from around the world that Rhonda's small spare room at home was totally flooded with squares and she had to call in volunteers from her church to help sew them up. Well, that was 10 years ago and Knitter Square has gone on uh, from strength to strength. Today we have um, 10 or so volunteers who come in every Tuesday into the barn, which is a big warehouse sort of place with lots of shelves um, for keeping Uh, completed blankets ready for distribution. Our volunteers uh, come from Soweto and um, from surrounding areas and on a Tuesday we get together and we open parcels from from various countries. We sort the squares into piles according to size and then we match the, the squares into beautiful combinations to make lovely blankets and then these squares are then sent out in blanket packs to uh, what we call our gogo groups and these gogo groups are made up of unemployed grandmothers or in in the local vernacular gogos um, and they can sew up the squares into blankets for a small cash amount per blanket and of course this helps them to meet their weekly needs and it helps uh, us because we get completed blankets and often edged with crocheting uh, back to the barn and then we can sort them out according to the needs that we have. And our our volunteers who live in Soweto have direct links to the people who really need to um, distribute the blankets. So they are usually informal crashes or um, little orphanages that have been set up, often informally as well. Because in South Africa, we actually have the highest AIDS prevalence in the world. Now, 
in, in the beginning of the epidemic, what happened was that the, the government wasn't giving antiretroviral drugs out, and so there were a lot of deaths. The adults were usually between 15 and 49 years old, which meant they were the working adults and they were also of reproductive age. They were also the parents of many children who grew up as orphans. Um, some of them went onto the streets and others were cared for by grandmothers. Now, of course, these grandmothers are on pension, generally a state pension, which is very small. And so the children that grow up in these households um, are very under-resourced and very seldom ever get anything new unless it's donated by a charity. They often have to sort of battle through the winter with ragged clothes handed down by their siblings or you know, passed on by caring neighbours. And churches play a very big role in providing second-hand clothes and things for the children to get by with. Is something very special, very close to Anita Square's heart, to be able to give new and very beautiful blankets to our orphaned and vulnerable children. Some of these blankets are just so beautiful that could be sold for a large amount in a designer boutique store, actually, because they are so stunning. Our members around the world are often very, very talented, and they send in incredible designs. We've had blankets with beautiful trains and animal um, images on them, and often letters of the alphabet, words knitted into the into the squares. Um, sometimes it's things like A is for apple, with a big picture of an apple on it. So we, we try to incorporate some educational stuff in as well. And then the other, the other thing is that... Um, with knitting, of course, it's a highly textured medium. So the, the the squares come in with interesting textures for children to feel and cling to and run their fingers over. The children that we, we actually tend to reach out to are preschool age children. So they're generally under the age of seven. We sometimes give beanies and blankets out to babies. But they're actually, we, we try to focus on the age group from about three or four to, to age seven, because that is the age group that are sort of getting beyond the age of, of being held in arms, you know, babes in arms. And now they're going out to creche and they are sort of, they, they have to just sort of make do really. And our, when our distributors go out, our volunteers go out to do a distribution and they give um, these children a new beautiful blanket with a matching um, set of hand warmers and beanie and a soft toy the the smiles on the faces of the children is just something to behold really really heartwarming so that's a little bit about our volunteers um, we also have a bigger group of volunteers who sort of live in and around Johannesburg these are ladies that will come into the barn to pick up um, squares that have come in that have perhaps not made it into blankets because they are the wrong size or have a slightly odd shape so they don't um, meet the specifications or alternatively these ladies will come in and they'll take some of the blankets themselves to sew up and to edge um, and then they'll bring them back for distribution and some of them will come in um, to actually partner with us to do distributions we had one recently which was a very uh, big distribution to a squatter camp where um, the conditions are really really bad um, the the area was threatened by floods regularly and fire, and so giving to you know out to to people in such need is really really um, something that we can do and we take joy in doing.
So now a little bit about me. Um, I joined Knitter Square four years ago. I am legally blind, so I don't actually help with the sorting of squares into sizes and colors. But what I did do when I started going was reporting on what actually happens at the barn. So giving reports on uh, what parcels came in, which countries were represented, what kind of toys arrive and the the way the volunteers may respond to the toys, uh, which is often fun because we always like to, to show off what, what has come out of parcels if it's special. I also like to report on just news that's going on. For example, we've had some problems with our post office, not um, in regard to parcels um, being lost because that seems never to happen. We actually have an incredible rate of success with delivery of parcels. But there is a problem with the post office charging extra, um, is, we call it a customs handling fee, on, on parcels that arrive, even though these are parcels intended for charity. So a lot of our funds that we raise have to go towards just paying the post office. So there's usually an update on how that's going. Um, we've had updates on various things that have happened. A couple of years ago, we had a flood in the barn when um, we had huge rains and water came under the the garage doors and we had to go in and rescue lots and lots of blankets and re and wash some of those that had actually got damaged. Although we were lucky because the shelves protected many of them from the water. Uh, so that's a little bit about the barn, but I thought I'd give you a little taste about um, of what happens on a Tuesday morning. At about 10 o'clock, we all join together um, at one end of the barn and we have um, prayers because um, we always like to commit our day's work to the Lord and we like to uh, perhaps sing or share something. And I managed to get a little recording to share with you of us singing together. So here it is. He's got South Africa's children. In his hands, he's got South Africa's children. In his hands, he's got South Africa's children. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> Not such a great choir, but I think that was fun anyway. Um, now, I just wanted to say, if you are at all interested in knitting squares for Knitter Square, you'd want you'd need to know the exact specifications. Um, we require squares that are eight, eight inches by eight inches or 20 centimeters by 20 centimeters. Um, when you do that, you can do it in garter stitch or stocking stitch or a basket weave pattern or all sorts of interesting patterns, what, whatever you choose. Um, providing when you cast off, you leave a long tail that's about the length of your arm. That helps the the gogos to sew the squares together without having to find matching yarn. Um, now, if you want some inspiration, you can go to the website www.knitasquare.com and if you browse around there, you'll find um, the uh, lots and lots of photographs of completed blankets and uh, quite a few um, examples of squares that have been made. Rhonda takes pictures of all the blankets that um, are completed and, you know, before they go out for distribution. So you can get a lot of inspiration from our, what our other members are doing. Um, I think you can also go and find the pattern book, which is on the website, and browse through that because not only <clears throat> are there patterns for uh, interesting squares like the 
the corner to corner square or the mitered square and various others. But there's also patterns for um, a couple of beanies, some hand warmers and um, I think there are a few toys, teddy bears and things that you might also be able to make. I personally stick to squares because I can't read patterns very easily. So I generally just do garter stitch squares because those are things that I can do literally by feel and without thinking. So as I record this, I'm busy knitting yet another garter stitch square. Um, and if you are at all worried that your squares aren't particularly um, interesting, please don't worry about it. We get a lot of really lovely squares that are either multicolored or um, knitted in those variegated or speckled uh, yarns and those are those are really beautiful they're like mosaics but too many of those in one blanket tend to become too busy and uh, not calming <laughs> so we always like to mix those kind of squares with ordinary squares so if you're busy knitting sort of plain white plain black plain brown plain green all of those colors are easy to match with the, the squares that come in and um, we end up having really very striking uh, blankets made up out of some uh, picture squares, some multicolor squares, some plain squares and even the blankets that are absolutely plain um, just made up of, of um, patchwork of colors are very very striking and none of them are um, None of them go to waste. They all go to children to keep them warm. And each one, of course, is completely unique. And I think that's what I like about it so much, is that the children who receive them know that there's none other on the planet like their blanket. And it's just very, very special. We often put on um, labels, although we don't have funds to put on a, blank, uh, a label for every blanket. So we will put on as many labels um, as we have. And those blankets, at least, yeah, those labels say something like with love from Knitter Square with our little logo on it. So please feel free to um, uh, pick up the address details and the packaging details from the website. You'll get them all there. We are quite particular that you, you uh, say on your post label that it is for charity and that you don't insure your parcel. If you do insure your parcel, the customs handling fee is very much higher. And we sometimes find that those parcels um, get stuck in the mail or they even get opened because there's supposedly something um, of value inside. When it's just, if you say something like knitted squares for charity or you just say um, fabric for charity, we, we find that those come through absolutely fine without being opened, without any problems. They may take ages for us to, to get them if they go by sea mail. But they eventually arrive and then we get we photograph all the, the squares in their blankets so that members know that their squares have been received. And often the, the squares are, at least the, the blankets, are then photographed around the shoulders of children as well when they receive them. Um, and that's always a delight for our members to see their, their um, blanket or their toy in the hands of a deserving child. So here I go, I'm just knitting a last, the end of my row, and I'm going to play you um, uh, an interview by Rhonda. And of course, Rhonda is the, the, the person who started Knitter Square with Sandy, and she's um, going to be speaking to me, um, I, I recorded this in February, in fact, 
and she's going to be speaking to me about how the, the beginning of the year started so that you can hear her voice and um, a little bit about the barn and what we've been up to. Well, it's lovely to be sitting here with Rhonda, and she, of course, is the person behind Knitter Square, who, with her niece Sandy, got the whole thing off the ground in 2008. Um, Rhonda, it's, yeah, would you like to say hello to the community over the Knitter Square podcast? Absolutely. Good morning to everybody, or afternoon, as the case may be. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's lovely to be with you. We're sitting here on a Tuesday morning. It's mid-February and extremely hot. And actually, I'm doing this recording in the car because it's a really nice little soundproof booth. We're going to just talk a little bit about um, some of the things that are going on this month um, or since the beginning of the year. So, Rhonda, do you want to just fill us all in on how January and February have gone so far? Mm, Absolutely. So, um, start-up is always an interesting and busy time of the year because, of course, we have three weeks off over Christmas and um, uh, nobody comes into Nisha Square at all. So, at the end of the previous year, we try and leave the barn in as tidy a fashion as possible. Um, We normally find that there are few blankets left that we've kind of gone through them all and we are now starting to um, to collect blankets and so on through the hot months so that we can start distributing in about at the end of March maybe early April depending on when the weather just starts stops being quite so Mm. muggy (laughs) you know so um, the year end uh, as I say ends tidily Um, and with the barn looking quite empty. And then when we get back, um, we not only have the first week uh, greeting each other and loving each other and having a lot of fun talking about our holidays and so on, but we start to plan ahead. So we gather as many squares as we can in our blanket packs. And we also start to send as many as possible out to the Google group so that we can get in um, completed blankets and fill our shelves in preparation for the coming year. Mm. Um, so we start receiving these blankets back from the goggles and taking photographs of them. Um, we start stacking them on the shelves, counting them. Some of them come in and need a bit of fixing and so we do that. and. Um, we try and keep tidy as we go along. We do find that the barn gets a bit messy at that time of the year, but you know we just keep going. It's a happy, productive, mm. busy time. And this year the posts have been so large that you know opening post and um, you know seeing how many squares and other items are coming in has also been. Um, an interesting and busy time. Last year, if I could just put in, we immediately uh, got busy saving 950 blankets for that distribution for Tracy, uh, which took place at the end of April, a week before her baby was due. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It was an amazing achievement. Yeah, the timing had to be absolutely minute. This year, we don't have any such deadline. But we are still hoping to start with a bang and indeed Athelay and Estelle have already done the 100 blanket distribution Mm. and Wandi is out in Soweto at Piri this morning doing a um, 48 
blanket distribution with all the trimmings as well. So we're getting going, mm -hmm. but slowly. Lovely. And last week, or no, two weeks ago, we mm. had Amy come and visit us. Yes. Want to talk about that a bit? Well, that was just, it is so, so special when one of our overseas contributors and supporters um, comes to the Casbah. We've had that happen on three or four occasions only, maybe. Mm. Um, especially when they come as far as all the way from Texas. And of course, we all know that Amy works very hard for us overseas, mm -hmm. as do all, all our contributors. Um, but she's also my go-to person when I have uh, any kind of ups and downs in the barn and so on and have any queries and when we want to talk about um, how to go forward and thinking about themes and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, she, And she came armed with parcels and presents and her delightful husband and the tour guide Phil who who uh, also and it was lovely to have two men in the Casbah and what generous wonderful people because Amy came with parcels and presents for us and um, scissors for our gauze which is something you can't really send through the post but how wonderful mm. because these groups don't have those kind of things they're mm. probably 20 in a group that would share one pair of scissors i would think mm. you know it would be that such a useful thought very and, very as useful you say co indeed. couldn't be sent through the post and she bought mm. some lovely mugs from the she bought knitter square mugs which mm. we've never seen before no. <laughs> and knitter square uh, knitting bags you know the canvas strong very strong bags to um carry one's knitting and of course our um our volunteers took those to keep their knitting in and um, it's just lovely to have um, uh, what do you say when something's got the name on it oh yes um, with the logo um, <laughs> yes yeah branded it's a branded item yes and it really yeah they yeah. are beautiful bags we you know the only branded item we have in the casbah is our knitter square t-shirts mm -hmm. That's right. So, um, you know, we're not very branded, this mm. side of the world. So it's lovely to have a bit of branding. Very yes. exciting. And um, and then I must just tell you that what Amy and Richard and Phil did, trying to fix my desk, which has been broken for many years, mm. you know, almost virtually since we bought it, the drawers... Um, the runners for the drawers collapsed and so the drawers started falling into each other. They were yes. heavy drawers and so um, we had to actually then the, leave the drawers out on the floor. Mm. So if anybody wanted what was in them, you know, like needles or crochet hooks or stationery, they would have to come and walk to the floor behind my desk <laughs> and help themselves out of there. Very mm. inconvenient mm. and so on. And they looked at the the credenzas to see if they could fix them and then discovered that they couldn't it was a it would have been a big job and so unbeknownst to me they went off to a second-hand furniture store and an hour later a van pulled up at Knitter Square and on the back was a brand new desk fantastic I know wonderful and so wonderful because the old desk which is a lovely big spacious one has now gone behind in the corner so I now have space behind me for um, you know all sorts of extra mm -hmm. stuff that used to be piled onto my yes. desk so it just makes for extra working space and 
I'm absolutely over the moon. It's it looks great and that's wonderful, it, and it's very convenient and useful. Mm. So we were very spoiled by their visit. And please, everybody, come and visit. Yes, please do. Yeah, not, <laughs> not just for the gifts, no, <laughs> because we just you know love to meet people who are involved. Absolutely, it's great. It is a real treat. And for the volunteers to meet um, the overseas folk as well, I think it's really exciting for them. Yes, and for the volunteers to meet, you know. Yes, it must be a difficult concept, really. People who've never been out of South Africa, mm. Mm. virtually, who, and you know, p- to meet people who come from you know thousands and thousands of kilometres away, it's, mm. it's very special indeed. And you know, everybody enjoys it mm. very much. It's a real treat, and also it's an honour. You know, it's an honour to host those who do so much for us. Definitely, we're so grateful to our overseas um, uh, forum groups and mm. the bigger community and, and community yeah. mm. well thank you Rhonda I'm just going to leave it there it was lovely chatting to you and um, we'll pick up again with you soon because it's mm. going to be fun to check in with you and get updates lovely thanks Leanne Good. thank you I thought I'd also like to introduce you to Bongi. Bongi is my driver and she's been with me for four years. She comes with me to Knitter Square on Tuesdays and she's part of the volunteer team that sorts squares. Um, Bongi, in her spare time, uh, belongs to a church where she heads up a committee that looks after homeless people by, by collecting clothes to distribute to them and makes stew to take to the homeless men in the park. She's enormously kind and gentle, as you'll hear in the interview. Here's my conversation with Bongi. Okay, Bongi, so I'd like to know a little bit from your side. Uh, what do you do at Knitter Square? Okay, at Knitter Square, we open the packages from all around the world, overseas and here in South Africa, and count the squares in 35s that make a blanket and pack them nicely for the gogos to knit them together and make a blanket. Great. And then how do you match the, the different squares together? So how do you choose squares that would go into a blanket? I'm not sure how much centimeters is the square. It's usually 20 centimeters by 20. 20 by 20. But they don't yes. all come in the they same don't size. They come in the same size. If you receive a smaller ones, we count them more than 35, we make them 45, mm-hmm. so that they can make a blanket, a nice blanket. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then uh, sometimes you don't even get squares that are properly square, do you? <laughs> no, not all the time. Some mm. are skewed, some are rectangular, Yeah. some are just out of shape. Yes. So if we got those, something like those, we just re- und- undo them. Oh, okay. For the gogos to do other things with the wool or knit other squares or join together the squares. Oh, yes, of course, for sewing up purposes. Yes, for sewing up the pieces. Yeah. And then I've seen, for example, sometimes um, the volunteers will make piles of squares that match each other, but you've got, say, a small squares, a pile of small squares, and then a pile of really big squares. And then you can't put the little squares with the big squares. You've got to try and get them all the same size. Hey? 
yes, you have to try and get all of them the same size. Mm. But I think you can get a big square, make it a middle square, then yeah. find the other squares and make a nice blanket. Those ones are really special because they've got like a panel in the middle with something very yes, nice. Yes, sometimes mm. got a nice squares from overseas with a, maybe a penguin or then it will be a nice picture for the kids. Beautiful. And I've seen some of the squares come in with um, even words written on them and yes, letters. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. So there's quite a lot of educational benefit, I think. Yes, mm. lovely and interesting for the kids. Mm. Mm. And even the textures are interesting, hey? They are, because there are lots of different textures. Mm. Mm. And then do you try and match uh, um, color combinations? Is that something you like to do? Yes, we try as much as we can to make nice color combination mm. and nice bright colors for kids. Yes, because they like the bright colors. Yes. Yeah, great. And and what are some of the interesting places you've you've opened parcels from? Mm, from UK, from Canada, mm-hmm. from Czech. Czech Republic. Czech, yes. Czech Republic, Republic mm. and Czechoslovakia also. Mm-hmm. Lots of Lots of the countries all overseas. Yeah, I believe. Australia. Yes, yes. And I I think there's over 50 countries. I'm not sure how many exactly, but... I'm not sure. Yeah, many, many countries we get squares from. Yeah. Great. And then uh, some of the other volunteers that are with you at the table when you're opening squares? Yes, everybody get busy because sometimes there are lots of packages to open. Mm. So everybody's minding her own business. <laughs> yes. Mixing squares, mixing nice squares. Yes. And the other volunteers' names, you just tell us for the listeners? We've got um, Lindy, Lindy Nguenya, Nani, um, Mabel, mm-hmm. and Wandy and Vivian. Yes, yes. yes. And then some of the other ladies, because Yvonne is quite new. Remember, she joined us last year. Young, yes, young lady. She, Yvonne joined us, but she recently found a job. Oh, did she? Oh, that's yes. very nice for her. Okay. Yes. And then um, we've got Liz and Audrey yes. being with us. And Athelay and, and, and Estelle. Estelle. Yes, yes. Those are the regulars, I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, great, Bongi. Thank you very much for chatting to me. We'll um, hopefully follow up with the other volunteers in time and put put an a interview with them up too. That's my great pleasure. Great. Sure. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Hope you do sounds okay. thought Bongi sounded great, didn't you? I hope to get interviews with lots of the the volunteers in the next few weeks to come, as well as other people who come into the barn, because we get so many visitors and they all have got stories to tell. And I I just think you'd be really interested to hear from them. Um, I have in mind a, a sort of a cozy conversation between you and me and the people that I get onto the show. Because um, it's a time out where we can be sitting, doing our knitting or crocheting, taking time to think of the children um, who are orphaned and vulnerable, and getting ideas and inspiration about the things that we can make, the the lovely coloured squares and all the beautiful items that we can make and package up and send off so that they can reach the barn and be sorted and sent off to the gogos and come back and then be 
packaged into bags and distributed by our volunteers to creches and um, orphanages. So with that in mind, I just really want to encourage you to um, press the subscribe button on your podcast app so that you'll be sure to get future episodes. Um, I'll be sending out new episodes every fortnight and um, with a variety of things. And if you have ideas and comments um, or suggestions or even questions, please do feel free to email me at leanne, that's L-E-A-N-N-E, at knit-a-square.com. That's my email address. And then remember to visit the website and share whatever excites you about the website on your social media feeds. Well, this is Leanne Hunt, casting off. Bye. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it, and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.